the general history in your notes, beginning on page number five. Uh, they should be uh, have some numbers on there so that you can see that. Uh, you know, it's been said that if you can accept the first sentence of the book of Genesis, you won't have a problem with the rest of the book. Amen. If you can accept that first sentence there, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created. This book starts out establishing and stating very clearly and definitively the authority on which the book uh, rests. It, 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 there's, no, uh, there's no explanation here about God. There is no trying to uh, explain where he's been or where he came from or uh, what background was. No, there's just a, a blanket statement, a understanding, a definitive way of saying, hey, this is God. And that needs to be accepted. It sums it up. In this very short statement, he tells us when. In the beginning. At the start. From the, from the very first. You know, it tells us when. It's in the beginning. It also tells us who. God. In the beginning, God. It tells us what. God created. God created. In this very short sentence. So if we can accept that very beginning sentence that is foundational for us to believe, accept, and, and embrace the rest of what God gives us in the book. As we start this, the book of Genesis, which literally is and means beginnings, this book answers for man the questions that they've had since the beginning of time. Where did we come from? Why are we here? What's it all for? Why is there so much pain in the world? What are we doing? It answers these questions where, that man has grappled with since the beginning of time. And as we study this book, we're going to strive to understand the very works of God as he works, worked among men to accomplish his will, as well as Satan's plot to strive at every turn to undermine, to stop, or uh, hinder the work of God in every place that he can. So we're going to begin here with the introduction. This is the introduction to the book of Genesis, but uh, Genesis is the introduction to the Bible uh, and to the Pentateuch, which is the first five books of the Bible. These first five books are called the Pentateuch. Now, this is not a biblical term. It's not a term that's found somewhere in the scriptures. Uh, it's just a term that literally means five I'm sorry, figure, figuratively or simply means five. And literally, I have here for it, means five-fold vessel. A five-fold vessel. And I I'm, uh, don't know or understand uh, etymology enough, especially uh, Hebrew etymology, to try and uh, delve into that any more than that. Just know that it, it, it's the Pentateuch is, is the name. is like it's holding these five books it's the name that people would understand. It's the vestal. It is the way in which these five books are, are held together. There are several names for the Pentateuch, uh, these five books that are given to us in the Bible. Uh, we have the Law of Moses. The Law of Moses. That's uh, seen several places, but we've read already Luke 24, 44 several times. Uh, but the, he says, And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you, while I was yet with you, 
that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. So this title uh, for the Pentateuch, for the, the law here, was given uh, by Christ. And, and it tells us who God used to pen this book. It's the law of Moses. It's giving to us the title of the author or the person that God used to pen the book. Uh, there's really not any debate about Moses uh, writing this book. Now, you guys know that Moses... Brother Bob, we have a, a uh, timeline up here. It's uh, six foot long, uh, and uh, I'm pointing here at creation. You guys know Moses wasn't here, right? Moses wasn't at creation. He, he, he wasn't there. So, so people would, would look at that and say, well, how did Moses write about creation when he wasn't even born till way down here somewhere? Well, because God was there. And God is the one that wrote it. He used Moses to pin it. Now, there's not really any debate about Moses doing that, although there are some, and I'm only throwing this out because if you begin to study and look at this, you're going to find them somewhere. There are those that call themselves higher critics. That is people that are too smart for their own good. They, they, they try and take apart things, and they really question the validity of Scripture overall. And that lays the foundation for them to question everything in the scripture. And so you'll find a very small select group of people that consider themselves higher critics that would question Moses', Moses writing of the Pentateuch. Uh, but it's given to us very clearly in the word of God that this is the law of Moses telling us who, who wrote it. But then there's also, secondly, there's a title, the law of God. Okay, so this is telling us quite literally who authored it, who, who the source was. Yes, Moses was used to pin it. Moses was used to record it or to write it down. But the author, the, the originator, was God. It is the law of God. So it's giving to us there where it came from, Nehemiah 8.8. 8. Uh, states this for us. He says, so they read in the book, the law of God. And uh, then you have the book of the law. That tells us the nature of the information record, recorded within it. It tells us the nature of the information recorded in it. It is the book of the law. It's not the book of stories. It's not the book of fables. It is, it is, not, uh, it, it is the book of law. And so it's telling us there the nature of what is recorded or written down for us. In Joshua 1.8, that familiar verse to us is, is, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. So this book of the law, stating what is the information recorded in there. Now, you know uh, Jews refer to these first five books as the Torah. As the Torah. Um, that's their title or name that they've given it. And that they still today would refer to this, the Pentateuch, as the Torah. Um, which means law. It just literally means law. All right, now these five books together are the beginning of God's dealings with man. Uh, it's the foundation of it all, of God's instructions and God's uh, working with man. They tell us about God's plan for man, although they give some history. Uh, they're not complete. There, are so, there is some history here about the beginnings, but... It did not, God did not record for us everything that happened during that first 2,000 years. Because there are some things 
that weren't pertinent to God's overall plan and what God was trying to accomplish with men. So there's some things that happened in history that did not, uh, that God did not feel were needed for us to know in order to see what he was doing. But everything that is needful was recorded for us. There are large segments of history, sometimes two, three, four hundred years of time that is missing. If you look at it and you say, well, this didn't happen till here and this happened here. Well, what happened for these 300 years? Oh, no, the Bible's not complete. No, it was information in there that was not needed. God didn't believe we needed it in order to see what he was doing with men. And the reason we have this, you know, if you ask me uh, where I went to lunch yesterday, I would say Chick-fil-A. If you ask my wife where she went to lunch, she would say, well, on Friday, I was trying to uh, hang a picture on the wall, but I needed some nails. And, and I, I, I knew I needed those nails, but I didn't have time on Friday to go get them. So uh, first thing Saturday morning, I thought, well, I'm going to go get those. But first I had to call mom and uh, talk to her about it, told her I was hanging her picture, which she was glad about, and we enjoyed that. But uh, then I got to the, to the store, and you know what? There was nobody there to help me. Nobody knew anything about nails, and I, I finally waited a long time. Finally, somebody came that could help me get these nails, and the, I don't think he knew anything about nails, the guy that helped me, but he's trying to help me. But he did tell me his sister was sick, and, and his sister was sick, and so uh, I, I, I actually had prayer with him right there in the store. We prayed for his sister, and that was really good. I think God used that. But uh, anyways, uh, it took so, I went to the, to the counter to check out, and the credit card machine was broken. So I had to pay with cash. You know they wanted to charge me five cents for a bag to put my nails in? Five cents to carry a 79-cent pack of nails. You know, couldn't believe it. But it took so long at the store that I didn't think I was going to make it. Uh, I didn't know I was going to have time for lunch. But I drove by Taco Bell, and I saw that Taco Bell was not busy. There was no line in the drive-thru. And so I thought, well, Chick-fil-A is pretty fast. So I went to Chick-fil-A. I swear, every time I go there, they add another line to their drive-thru. But the chicken was good. There's a lot of stuff there that was not pertinent <laughs> to the question, okay? That's just the way it is. And uh, you learn to love it, amen? Uh, that's just the way it is. Well, God said, uh, I feel like chasing a rabbit here, but God, God said, hey, there's some stuff in here that's not pertinent. And they're not going to need to know that. So let's, let's get to what is important. And so that's what God did for us, although he gave us this history. Understand, it's not every single thing that happened during that time period. Um, uh, these books here, we, we, they should be looked at as a whole. They have been divided into uh, books with titles. And, of course, you know, the chapters and verses aren't, aren't inspired. Uh, these are divisions. Could you imagine uh, trying to find our way around this book if it was just, just text from page one to the end? without any chapter divisions, without any breaking of books and titles and all those things. Oh, I can't imagine the effort to try and learn this book without that. So it really helps us. Um, they believe that possibly the divisions were because of what they could hold on one uh, papyrus roll uh, at that time. As much as they could hold on a roll would, was one book. 
and then they recorded the next section on the next roll, and that's about what they could hold on a roll, and so that's kind of how they believe the divisions ended up coming in the beginning there. But uh, Genesis is a book of beginnings. We see many things for the very first time. The beginning of the world in Genesis chapter 1, we know that. The beginning of the world, the beginning of man and woman, the beginning of marriage, the beginning of sin in chapter 3. We're going to deal with that when we get to the fall and we look at the overview. That's chapter 3. The beginning of the promised redemption, uh, the n- knowing that God had has a plan and he was going to provide redemption for man. The beginning of the family given to us. In, in chapters 4, we see the first birth, Cain. We see the first death, Abel. I know I'm moving now when you're writing several things. We've got Cain and Abel. We know that's the beginning of the family there. Uh, Cain and Abel. And the first man not to die, uh, do you know who that was? Enoch. Enoch walked with God. He was not, for God took him. Enoch, uh, the first man not to die a physical death here on earth. It's amazing that even all the way back then, at the very, very beginning, really, uh, God gives us a picture and uh, a presentation or an example of his power to be able to take men without them experiencing death, that God could conquer, conquer death. And the, we see the beginning of civilization, the beginning of nations, the beginning of the nation of Israel. So we have both the beginning of nations overall that we're going to see uh, as all nations are established and God uh, presenting and giving some authority, and then the beginning of the nation of Israel, which is God's chosen people. So some of the information we want to look at, this is just some of the key information for the book overall. Each book of the Old Testament, we're going to be giving you some of the key information that you could have at a glance just to see what, what some important things. The key date uh, was written approximately 1445, uh, give or take some years there, but uh, obviously Moses was not uh, at creation and was many, many years later when he recorded what happened from creation till then. But we know God is the one that gave him the words to say. Uh, the key words are seeds, beginnings, and covenants. These are some words you want to watch out for and think of them in the context of what has been established uh, for man and mankind as you're reading through the book of Genesis. Some key words there. Key verses are chapter 1 and verse number 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Amen. That's a pretty important verse. That's key. It's foundational. Uh, Another key verse is chapter 3 and verse number 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. And we will get into that and begin to deal with that when we talk about the fall, the fall of man and uh, God's judgment on man and on Satan. So we'll be digging into that some more in the future. But those are some key verses. Important events and individuals. So I kind of tried to put these individuals in these events. Uh, A lot of things are established here just in the book of Genesis, but we see the formation. Key individuals here, obviously, Adam and Eve, the beginning of the human race. Uh, That is chapters 1 and 2. We know you're going to be dealing with that uh, in the formation period. Uh, Let me look here at the... Our overview so that I can give you those. They are listed here for you, but if you want to note them in your notes, you can, the chapters. So we have the fall next. The fall, we're going to be dealing with that. That's Adam, Cain, Abel, and Enoch, some of the key men and lessons we learned from the Lord during that time. The fall is Genesis 3 to 5. 
And then we have the, the flood, and that, of course, is God's judgment on mankind who uh, was wick, exceedingly wicked, uh, and God sent the flood, and that's Genesis 6 through 9. And then the foundation of nations, uh, key individual there is Nimrod, uh, and we'll see and learn about him. Uh, that's Genesis 10 and 11. And then we have the founding of the nation of Israel. This is for key individuals in that, God establishing the lineage and the timeline here, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, some very important key individuals and people uh, in these. And that, of course, is the last 39 chapters, chapters 10, uh, sorry, chapters 12 through 50 of the book of Genesis there. And so you see on our overall timeline here, and I'm going to try and keep tying things back so that we're starting to put the picture together. Uh, but the first 11 chapters of Genesis takes place here, right here. You have almost 2,000 years in these 11 chapters. That's pretty quick. Then you only have a few hundred years in this period, although uh, it's larger uh, you know, if we, if we were proportional, it would be real, real small space, but a lot happens in here that we deal with. So that, but that is only, you can see the 2165 to 1804. Um, it's not that many years it takes place there, but we get all the way to the end of Genesis way over here. And then we deal with the Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We'll do that in one, one week, right? Just kidding. Uh, don't, feel, don't feel bad about asking questions. If you, want, if you have a question or you want to know something or, you know, raise your hand, uh, let, me, let me know. I might need you to let me stop my current thought before I ask it uh, but, or before I answer it, but definitely want to, uh, you to be engaged and getting what you can. Then we see some important geography. Uh, this is Ur of the Chaldees, Canaan, and Egypt. Um, I've asked Gus to put up the map here that we have uh, from our book of maps. And uh, those of you remember our, our brief overview we did back, I think it was in 2017, of the Old Testament. Do you happen to remember the entirety of the Old Testament takes place in a landmass about the size of what U.S. state? This is really stretching your brain here. Do you guys remember? Nope, that good guess, but no. Oh, that's somebody else said that. No. All right. I'll just tell you. Just wonder if anybody remembers. It's been a few years. The state of Texas. About the size of the state of Texas is uh, uh, what the entire Old Testament takes place in. Um, so right here on our map, you can see Ur. You can't see it from there, but this is Ur of the Chaldees. Uh, and that, uh, of course, Abraham and uh, takes place right there. Uh, Egypt is right over here. And, of course, all that takes place there. Um, what's the other place that I said? Oh, Can the Canaan land. You know, the Canaan land is right up here. Okay, Canaan. And so you can see the map. I mean, you see this is in Syria and Jordan. Uh, Israel now, of course, the West Bank, that area. You know that area is Canaan, the Canaan land. Egypt's right down here. Uh, and or the Chaldees is right here. Now, it, we'll be reading the book of Genesis, but... Genesis describes the location for Eden as the uh, place where four rivers come together. And so it's believed that Eden initially was about right here. There's four key rivers, which you have the Tigris River coming down right here. You have the Euphrates Rivers coming down right here. 
Um, and I can't read the others, but there's two other rivers. They all meet right about here. So just above that, it's believed that Eden was in that place. You say, well, where is it today? Well, only the Lord knows uh, how that, but that's what was believed. So Eden would have been in that, that region uh, right there is what is believed. So over time, we're hoping to be able to get more and more understanding. Um, so if you put the state of Texas right on here, it, it would cover about that area right there. And the whole Old Testament takes place right there. It's amazing because it's such a long period of time and so much history um, that sometimes we think like, oh, it was, you know, way, way away. The world is so small for us today because of our ability to travel and, you know, be on the other side of the world in a day. Um, you know, but that wasn't that way back then. And so the, the whole of uh, their journey and traveling obviously was much more arduous. So we want to look at the importance of Genesis overall, kind of uh, what is the overall importance of this book? Obviously establishing for us the beginnings, the, the foundation, uh, but it helps us or at least introduces us to uh, the supernatural, um, seeing what God is doing with men. Uh, you know, if, if I can believe in the beginning God created and I start with that, and I'm able to establish that, then I can believe whatever else God is doing. You know, it's really not that hard for me to believe that God parted the Red Sea if I already believe that God created it out of nothing. It's not that hard of a thing for me to think, well, yeah, God could do that. If He created it out of nothing, it's not that hard for Him to say, oh, well, I want to part this. You know, uh, I've built some things over the years. I enjoy building things. And, uh, you know, if I built a table and then I decided, you know what, I want to cut it and uh, I want to make it three feet bigger than it is. I could do that. I mean, I built it from scratch. You know, sometimes Mary's like, can we do this? And I say, hon, anything's possible. It's, it can be done. It's just, is it worth that much effort? <laughs> That's where we have to decide, you know. And so, yeah, we can do it. Uh, and so it's not that hard to believe that God could if we already believe he did, right? So that's the, it embraces the supernatural, introduces us to God and who he is. It establishes for us the covenant with Abraham. As I mentioned, the first 11 chapters covers about 2,000 years. The preceding 39 chapters covers only about 300 years. And these are round numbers to keep them easier to remember. We're, we don't want to try and nail down, you, you know, you're not going to remember... There's, few, there's a few Old Testament dates that were drilled into me in college that I cannot forget. You know, like the fall of uh, Babylon or Jerusalem in 586 B.C. And some of these dates that you just, they're just stuck in your head. But most of them, just generally, you have an idea. And that's what we're trying to do now is just get an overview. So Genesis lays for us the foundation for understanding the gospel. It's hard to believe, but it literally introduces us to the gospel there in Genesis chapter number 3. And we begin to see the picture and what God is doing and uh, God's uh, plan of redemption for man. And, and all through the book of Genesis, that's presented over and over and over again. We're introduced to the coming Christ and uh, that thing. So for those that have no Bible knowledge at all, you see we're a little bit uh, spoiled here in this country with having such a Christian heritage. People that would even deny Christ and deny God and deny the Bible that have lived in America their whole life, they don't even understand how much of their thinking is based on Christian history. 
uh, because of what's been established in their life, the, the rule of law, because the law was established by God and so many other things are, are laid in the fact that we have a Christian history. And having that understanding for us, many times like you meet people and you can introduce them to the gospel or tell them who Christ is and they, they know about Christ. They know about the Bible. They've heard about creation. They know there is a God. And depending upon their level, more and more it's getting less and less in this day and age in which we live. Uh, but they have some type of background. Well, if you go to a foreign country where the country by and large as a whole has been uh, you know, a, a pagan country, did not know God at all, then you're dealing with people that have no concept of God, who God is, no concept of creation and where the world came from, no concept of, of sin and these things, other than what God wrote on the heart of man. But they haven't you know, been introduced to these truths that are in the word of God. So you can't just tell them, hey... Uh, one, two, three, pray after me, and now you're saved. They don't, they don't understand. You've got to take them back to the beginning, which is the book of Genesis, and begin to teach them concerning these things. Genesis lays for us the uh, foundation for an understanding of the gospel. It introduces man to the creator. As you begin there, who, how did we get here? What is all this for? Well, we were created by God, not a God, the God. We were created by God. So it introduces man to the creator. It introduces man to sin, where they can get an understanding of transgression. What is a transgression? What makes a transgression? Why? Well, because God created us. God established the law. And when we sin, like Adam sinned because he transgressed the law, then there's sin there. So you, it teaches us about that. And for those that have never heard it, this is where they begin to be introduced to these truths, understanding the tr uh, uh, transgression, understanding punishment, and then getting a picture and of understanding of grace. And I think I put in your notes there Genesis 6, 8, so that you could look that up and read that in an introduction to grace that early, even in the Old Testament. It introduces man to the inadequacy of religion. The inadequacy of religion. Um, you know, when Adam and Eve sinned, they went and they, they decided they were going to cover themselves with leaves. This is man's first attempt on his own to cover his sin. And that, from the very beginning, that picture of man's inadequacy to cover his own sin and God teaching them and showing them, listen, this is what it's going to take, but it also introduces man to the possibility of atonement. The possibility of atonement. Yes, man sinned, but because God loves man, he is going to provide a way of atonement. Obviously, it introduces man to the Messiah, to the blood atonement. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. It introduces man to the nation through which the Messiah would come. So these things happen here in the book of Genesis. Now, a basic outline given to you uh, here, which is just copied from Wearsby's commentary on the book of Genesis. Um, this is directly from him, uh, the history of humanity and the, the chapter breakdowns there of what happens, uh, history of Israel in particular, uh, God's chosen people, and the four, four key individuals that I mentioned, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph, and the breakdown of chapters there, um, kind of just getting that. Uh, we went through that uh, relatively quickly. We want to make sure, uh, is there any 
questions anybody has? Nope. All righty. Well, that's the introduction to the, to the book of Genesis. Next week, we are going to get into the fall, uh, looking at, and I'm not going to get it done next week. I'm just telling you right now, there's no way I'm going to get it done uh, because we don't, I could, I could deal with the fall, I'm sorry, with the formation. I said the wrong thing. We're gonna, I could deal with the formation next week pretty easily, but we also want to at least briefly address the fault, uh, the faulty thinking that people have regarding several things with regards to evolution. Even some Christians who would believe in theistic evolution, which is they're putting God and evolution together. And, and oh, so we're going to make this work together. So there's some of that. And addressing the gap theory, those that believe there's a gap between verses 1 and 2, and, and evolution took place right there. And then God came back on the scene, you know, and th these things. So we're going to address some of those just so that you have at least a little bit of understanding of those and a little bit of information on how to refute them. Uh, so we're going to deal with that. We'll see how far we get.